1: This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business.
2: Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Let me take a moment to welcome members of our armed forces who are tuning in over the Internet today and also extend a special welcome to our nation's veterans. Thank you for being with us again. In just a moment, longtime television host and popular author, Mr. Lou Dobbs, will be joining us to talk about why both parties, Republicans and Democrats, are responsible for gridlock in Washington and what needs to happen to get America moving again. But before he joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Louis Carl Dobbs was born in Childress, Texas, where he was a child, he... The family moved to uh, Ohio, where the young Dobbs showed early signs of a strong work ethic. He was student body president, played on the football team, and also in the school's band. and, And all the while, he maintained high marks in his classes. So few were surprised when Dobbs was accepted to Harvard University. He graduated from Harvard with a degree in economics. Dobbs dabbled with law school for a period of time before becoming a cash management expert at Union Bank, his first big break in mass media came in Arizona, where he was offered the opportunity to become the police and fire reporter for KBLU. But it didn't take long for Dobbs' popularity to skyrocket. Uh, in the 70s, he was one of the best-known anchors and reporters in the Phoenix area and later joined Seattle King TV. But all that changed when Dobbs received a fateful call from Ted Turner, who invited him to join Turner's new venture. That venture was CNN. Dobbs joined CNN in 1980 as the host of Moneyline and their executive vice president. But by 2009, the love affair with CNN was coming to an end. Dobbs resigned his post and the following year joined Fox Business Network. In the spring of 2011, he launched Lou Dobbs Tonight, one of Fox's most popular news programs. And in between all of his reporting and broadcasting, somehow Dobbs found time to write several best-selling books, including his latest titled Upheaval, which we're going to hear about later in the program. I also want to be sure I add that Mr. Dobbs is the recipient of an Emmy, the Cable Ace Award, the George Foster Peabody Award, and many more honors than I have time to name. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, a journalist who's not afraid to call it like he sees it, Mr. Lou Dobbs. Thank you for joining us today.
3: Great to be with you. Thanks for having me, Rebecca.
2: Before we get started, uh, I want to be sure listeners today are aware that you're an independent. So in your latest book, Upheaval, you make the point that the challenges the country faces are due to the behaviors of both parties. Is that right?
3: Absolutely right. Uh, As an independent, uh, I was a Republican uh, years ago, uh, but the party moved by me, and I I moved on. And I am still, however, a believer, as contradictory as that may seem at first uh, thought, uh, I'm I'm a passionate believer in the two-party political system. Uh, I do not believe in the leadership of the Republican Party over the past decade or so. I think we've had an unfortunate uh, sequence of presidents, Uh, that uh, goes back uh, at at least uh, through uh, 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 President Clinton. Uh, And I think it's time for Republicans to start uh, insisting that their leadership be at least engaged in a factual universe and deal with real issues rather than so many that are, frankly, uh, either just simply wedge issues, throwaway issues as far as I'm concerned, Uh, or dismissive issues as far as the electorate is concerned. And it's one of the reasons they haven't won a a presidential election now through two cycles.
2: Now, you've expressed concerns that the Republican Party is behaving the same way, which caused them to lose the past two presidential elections. And and you're concerned about their future viability.
3: Absolutely. And uh, and amongst the reasons, uh, Rebecca, uh, are a leadership that has participated in failure to this point, but have not been successful at all. Uh, We have seen a generational change in the Democratic Party, a historic change, the first African-American president, but a young president uh, speaking to a a contemporaneous generation. Uh, The Republicans who seem to step forward now are older uh, than the contemporaneous uh, generation of, uh, of Republicans. And new blood, uh, new ideas, new energy is desperately needed by the Republicans. And instead, they continue to go with the same strategists, the same fundraisers, and the same candidates uh, that have led them into disaster.
2: Yeah, but what do you say to people who say it's perfectly normal for a party to fall out of favor for a period of time? Ever since Reagan, the country's been alternating between Democratic, Republican presidents and senators and representatives. So, you know, really, this isn't that unusual. Why do you feel more concerned right now?
3: Uh, in large measure, because this is a an unusual president in that he is taking the country in directions that have not been contemplated by the electorate uh, nor ever in our, in our country's history uh, envisioned by uh, previous presidents. There, this is a president who said he was going to radically transform America. Uh, it is precisely what is happening. Uh, not always perceived, not always obvious, but the fact is that this president has been responsible for creating a status uh, mindset in Washington, D.C., and a government that is ever-expanding uh, and insinuating itself into every aspect of our lives and not and not entirely uh, without Republican help, in so doing
2: mm-hmm. right uh, well, certainly, you make the point that the Republicans at the very least are facilitating and cooperating right. now now, there are two schools of thought when it comes to our leaders, those who believed it. Uh, we send people to our nation's capital to carry out the bidding of the citizens. And then those right. who believe that we send people there to make the best decisions on behalf of the citizens, right. uh, particularly when citizens are underinformed or misinformed, which is uh, nowadays frequently the case. So yeah. I, I gather from your book that you believe we elect leaders to represent the will of the American people, even though we might not always have the best ideas
3: yeah i I think that you know, and, and by the way, what you're describing is uh, it has been true throughout the history of this country yes uh-huh. uh, as a constitutional republic, uh, we are caught somewhere between representative direct democracy yes uh, and uh, and the 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 form of government that's envisioned by what you're describing as doing what's best, uh, often uh, described as noblesse oblige, having the elites make a decision in the national interest, one that they perceive that perhaps the great unwashed, uh, you know, folks like you and me, uh, aren't quite capable of understanding. The problem is that uh, our elites have abandoned that national interest and that common interest uh, in too many instances and are pursuing uh, the the agenda of other elites, whether it be U.S. multinationals, or whether it be, uh, you know, institutions that, uh, want to maintain power beyond that, which is granted by either the Constitution or, or the constituents. Uh, and that becomes the problem. Right now, in my opinion, and as I make clear in the book, uh, you know, I, I think it's time for the Republican Party to completely disavow uh, its, uh, its alignment with U.S. multinationals. The corporatists align themselves with small business, with working men and women, and the middle class and their interest, the middle class and those who aspire to it, because these are the folks who need representation, whose ideas and interests need representation in Washington, D.C.
2: And do you feel the Republican Party has gotten too far away from uh, the middle oh. class and, and also for small business?
3: Yeah, w- yeah, without question. I mean, when we look at the, at the history, uh, recent history, of corporate America, we're dealing now with obviously the disaster that is Obamacare, and it should have a, 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 a decisive impact on the midterm elections. But I don't believe yet even the Republicans can count on that. But Obamacare, for example, would not be an issue today if it had not been a decision by U.S. multinationals to to end uh, the contract with their employees that is employer-sponsored. Healthcare, and they did so because. I do have
2: to agree with that. Now we have to take a scheduled break to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to find out why Dobbs says the GOP must set aside social issues. You're listening to the Costa Report.
4: Did you know that every day we create 2.5 quintillion bytes of data? and that 90% of the data in the world today has been created in the last two years alone? This data comes from everywhere and it affects everyone. This data is big data. Big data is all data, and it's more than simply a matter of size. Big data represents an opportunity to uncover new insights, make your business more agile, and answer questions that were previously beyond your reach. IBM's big data platform uses sophisticated technologies and patented advanced analytics designed to complement your existing information infrastructure. The IBM Big Data Platform allows you to get started quickly today and expand to address more complex problems tomorrow. It doesn't matter where you start, it matters that you start. Find out how IBM can help you turn big data into a competitive advantage by visiting ibm.com bigdata big data today.
2: Every day our world gets more complicated, not only is new information coming at us faster than we can manage, new regulations, technology, and the effects of globalization have made it much more difficult to succeed. That's why I wrote The Watchman's Rattle, a book that, for the first time, explains how complexity makes it hard to separate facts from fiction, and eventually causes us to make important decisions based on unproven beliefs. And not just us, our leaders also fall prey to this phenomena. But here's the good news. Once you know the symptoms to watch for, you can safeguard against them. So please, go to RebeccaCosta.com. That's RebeccaCosta.com and order your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It only takes a few minutes and the shipping is free. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Do it now. You'll be glad you did.
5: If you love wine and winemaking, you are invited to a weekend celebration of food, wine, music and very interesting people at the new offices of D.E. Fleming Luxury Wines. Hello, I am Jim White. After 20 years of making wine for Parrazzo Vineyards. David Fleming is striking out on his own with the ultra-premium D.E. Fleming label. Mark your calendar and RSVP Saturday, February 22nd for a pouring and tasting of the new releases of D.E. Fleming wines paired with hors d'oeuvres from celebrity chef Wendy Brody. And RSVP Sunday afternoon at Wendy's private residence for a first tasting of D.E. Fleming's all-new releases. An album release party featuring the internationally renowned True North, And, of course, food from Wendy's Kitchen. You will not want to miss the weekend celebration of Santa Lucia Highland's Best New Wine. The Saturday event is free, but you must go to deflemen.com and RSVP. That's deflemen.com. defleming.com.
1: Every day on Good Morning Monterey Bay, you get information about how to raise healthy kids and healthy pets as well. I can assure you, if if I ever become a parent, I will not kiss the thing on the lips. The thing? You mean your child? Yeah. <laughs> Head, the cheek, blob. forehead, you the know, that, that's fine, but on the lips, feels wrong. I understand what you mean. You know I know somebody who kisses her dog on the lips. That's not me. I, I, even I, I've done that before. No, yeah, quiet mean. nights alone, <laughs> nice fire and a nice warm plate of malpo that we share. And you probably would share it too. Swirling I'm... some toilet water, yeah. <laughs> the beauty of a man, his dog, and the privacy of his own home. Join Rosie, Rick, and the gang for news, traffic, and weather on Good Morning Monterey Bay, weekdays 69 a.m. on KSCO AM 1080. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is acclaimed journalist and television host, Mr. Lou Dobbs. And before the break, we were talking about whether the Republican Party is falling into the trap of being elitists, which have adopted a philosophy of doing what they feel is best for the American people, rather than representing their wishes. Is that right?
3: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And as you deal with the issues of uh, complex modern life from technology to, uh, to our sociological interaction. The the Republican Party has managed to find a way to simplify life and at the same time resist interaction by narrowing the boundaries of those they will interact with rather than expand uh, under the, the so-called Big Tent theory of politics. That is, the more people you can engage, the more people who are likely to go out and vote for you it seems to be a novel idea that many of the leaders of the Republican Party just cannot grasp right now.
2: You know, I talk about this with my, with my environmental brethren all the time. I say, you know what, there has never been any social change without critical mass. So the right, more you alienate true. people, the further away from that objective you're getting. I mean, that's the essential ingredient, isn't it?
3: It, it is. And, <laughs> and the Republicans are, are wondering why. Barack Obama today stands as the greatest vote-getter in American political history, because these Republicans, as you talk with them, uh, in, particularly in Washington, D.C., they will scratch their heads and you know, how could these people not understand, so as they look sort of down their noses yes. uh, at everyone who has supported Barack Obama, Understand that his policies are just absolutely disastrous. The economics don't work. redistribution is madness. it is simply theft. it is not wealth creation. Well, it is wealth creation for those to whom <laughs> he is distributing wealth and and the idea that Republicans feel that they don't have to explain themselves. they don't have to relate to a working man and woman
6: well,
2: one message I'd want to give the Republican Party, it would be this. You can have a bad product, but if you have a great mar- marketing plan, you'll still do well.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's true, <laughs> except a marketing plan and a media plan are two different things.
6: Yeah, they're, they they're, have
3: spent millions on media without a marketing plan,
6: Yes, that's and,
3: right. I, and they can't even come up with a message. I mean, you can ask almost anyone on the street, what was Obama's message? What was his slogan in 2012? And they will say, forward, ask Republicans, what was Romney's message in 2012? The party that was supposed to be supporting him. They have no clue. (laughs) Uh, And and that's because Romney didn't have a very – it's not Was funny, it?
2: but it's funny that we can. It is hilarious. That. Yeah, I, I know. Well, listen, continuing with the Republican Party. Now, mm-hmm. you've con- come under some criticism for saying that the GOP has got to stay away from social issues altogether, issues like abortion yeah. and gay marriage, and focus on common values that all Americans share. So can you talk about that for a moment?
3: Surely. And, and you're right. I mean, this has just upset the dickens out of a lot of people that I would say something so uh, absurd as leave social issues out of politics because it doesn't really work for you. I mean if if they were saying abortion real loud and pro-choice real loud and money flowed in and votes were just being you know ringing up at the uh, at the ballot box it'd be one thing. But they persist. 71% of the country uh, believes in the right uh, to abortion. Uh they Catholics by a majority and is supposed to be part of their their belief system, believe in their right to abortion in some circumstances, at least. And the Republicans ignore that.
2: So how do you go up against something that statistically is staring you right in the face and says you cannot get 71% of voters if you take that position? How, what is the process that makes you go ahead and say, yes, I can?
3: <laughs> because they have an... In- they have an insulated, insular uh, leadership organization uh, who, uh, um, most of whom, truly believe that if they raise enough money, they run enough ads, that will be the same thing as having a political party that's effective. And despite the results that have uh, been put right in front of them over the last two election cycles, they persist.
2: But here's uh, what I'm asking you. Do do you think they think they'll change that 71%'s mind? Do you think I it's think, just arrogance? And yes, it's 71%, but some of those people will change their mind if we buy enough media?
3: Yeah, I think they look at it, in, in, at least uh, on the margin in that way, some of them. Uh, others believe that it is a matter of personal character and courage to stand up uh, against the onslaught of history and say loudly, uh, that, uh, three, that they want three-fourths of the country to vote for them, even as they acknowledge that three-fourths of the country is absolutely opposed to their views. And that's a very tough sell, and one of the reasons they've been unsuccessful. it, it is There is a group within the Republican Party, obviously, for whom uh, abortion is, uh, in particular, part of their belief system, evangelicals, uh, the Catholic Church. But it doesn't occur to the Republican leadership that evangelicals stayed home in 2012 and the Catholics went for Obama. <laughs> at some point, it has to it has to begin to suddenly, you know, I'm not going to say it'll be an epiphany and there will be a, you know, a hallelujah chorus and a, and a large band strike up.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: But at the very least, they have to acknowledge it doesn't work and move on. Now,
2: your um, prescription has been, uh, and I'm going to quote you, a temperate foreign policy, a prudent right. fiscal policy, a pro-economic growth policy, a pro-prosperity policy, an equal opportunity for all within our borders. Uh, right. and, and you say to create a nation that's prosperous, that is at peace and is focused on a brighter future rather than creating more debt for our children. I, I can't believe there'd be a single person that would disagree with that Statement. So I guess uh, what I am asking you is, it's it's the way you achieve those objectives, isn't it?
3: Uh, that's certainly a, a part of it. But in it, I, I built into uh, each of those policy goals is a certain amount of not only moderation but humility. We as a yes. nation have to understand. Uh, you know, you're talking about your environmental friends, uh, and I have one or two of them myself, even. But our our environmental friends choose their issues uh, very carefully, Uh, and they then become anti-growth. They become uh, anti, uh, if you will, uh, technology and industrial, when in fact they should be embracing a much larger concept. We don't hear from them when there is a 500-year drought underway (laughs) <laughs> uh, in the southwestern United States, I know. Crying
2: out loud. I, I have this problem with the environmental movement. I, I feel they've become religious fanatics, and they've fanatics. marginalized themselves. And you can't win anything when you marginalize yourself.
3: It, it's it's really extraordinary, isn't it, Rebecca? That we have people who are afraid to talk to one another and to debate one another because they seek out only those who agree with them in the first instance. But you know
2: what I think? I think the worst part is, and we're going to have to take a short break here, but the worst part for me is they underestimate the American public's intelligence. You know, they they dumb down these messages when, in fact, if you would put up a very good debate, and put those facts before the American people, the American people have shown time and time again they will make the right choices if the facts are put in front of them. But to conceal them, manipulate them, shape them, you know, all the other kinds of things I see politicians doing, it's very destructive, and it doesn't show confidence in those that are working hard to support our government. Now, we have to take another break, but stay right where you are. When we return, we're going to find out from Mr. Dobbs whether America's ready for a third party. You're listening to the Costa Report.
7: Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Dole has a bounty of berries ripe for the picking. Fresh berries are not only delicious, but some of the most powerful disease-fighting foods available. Researchers have found that berries have some of the highest antioxidant levels of any fresh fruits. So add a handful or two of your favorite berries to your next meal and enjoy their nutritional benefits and natural sweetness in all of your dishes, from salads to desserts and everything in between. For fresh tips and ideas from Dole's berry experts, visit berries.dole.com. And be sure to check out the pages of mouth-watering recipes. Whether it's a sweet and savory blueberry cranberry chicken salad or a simple strawberry sorbet, Dole has the perfect berry to inspire your next berry dish.
6: Hello, fellow radio listeners. Health Coach Tara here, and if you haven't heard, nutritional pharmacist Ben Fuchs will be speaking in Santa Cruz. You heard it right, Ben Fuchs of the Bright Side Radio Show speaking on the newest advancements of health, nutrition, and the human body. This event will be Friday, March 7th, at the beautiful Vintage Faith Church, 350 Mission Street, and it's free to the public. Registration is at 6.30 p.m., and Ben speaks at 7. You won't want to miss this. There will be time for Q&A and Longevity products will be available for purchase. Please call me, Health Coach Tara, at 831-566-1654. That's 831-566-1654, and reserve your spot today, or register at my event page at That's T-A-R-A. Limited seating is available, and keep listening to 1080 KSEO and 1340 KOMY.
0: Well, folks, the sun sets mighty early these days. That means we're all spending a lot more time indoors, watching TV, surfing the net, working out in the shop, in general using up a lot of electricity. So let's ask Chris Jensen from JM Electric what all our indoor time portends for the electrical circuits behind our walls. You are right, Charlie. We do spend a lot more time indoors in winter. And the more time we spend indoors, the more load we put on the electrical circuits that run throughout our homes. It's really important that our electrical circuits are up to carrying winter's load. Because if they are not, well, every year thousands are injured or killed by home electrical fires. How can we know if our electrical circuits are up to carrying the load, Chris? First, folks can go to jmelectric.com and take the home electrical safety test. After they answer 12 simple yes or no questions, they will have a good idea about how safe they should feel. Second, folks can call J.M. Electric at 422-7819 and ask for a free Current Safe Home Assessment. And be sure and tell them Charlie sent you
1: shirt crafter your one-stop print shop has been locally owned and operated in santa cruz for a decade providing custom design services to help you build your brand shirt crafter provides top of the line custom screen printing digital printing embroidery stickers banners business cards and so much more they carry top-quality brands of gear, from T-shirts and polos to sweatshirts and ball caps. Whether you're outfitting your softball team or team building for your business, Shirt Crafter has it all. So build your brand with Shirt Crafter, located at 111 Ingle Street in Santa Cruz, or go to www.shirtcrafter.com. Or you could give them a call at 831-423-0537. That's Shirt Crafter, 831 four two three zero five three seven
2: Welcome back to the Costa report. I'm Rebecca Costa and if you're just joining us my guest today is Lou Dobbs who is explaining that the GOP should step away from social issues and focus on values uh, and by values we mean the right to privacy, the right to make a living and so on. Uh, now, uh, Mr. Dobbs, I, I might be wrong about this, but I happen to think most Americans are independents and they just don't know it. <laughs> so, That's a
3: great way to put it.
2: Yeah, I, I just right. think they, they just don't know. I mean, when, when they're presented a good idea, they adopt it. So if we stand back and we look at voters in the same way we do markets, well, then we quickly find that the number of Americans who feel cynical and disengaged from government – far outnumber those who are party line fanatics and and isn't that an ideal condition for a third party to step in? I mean, there certainly seems to be a need for one
3: there there is a need right now, I believe, a greater need uh, for a, re- a resurgent Republican party because there isn't time for a difference to be made between now we got about two hundred and sixty days now before the midterm elections. Uh, I don't believe a third party can be created. I do think that this is the ultimate uh, uh, decision frame, though. Uh, we'll know at the uh, the end of the midterm elections whether or not the country needs a third party, whether the Republican Party can help itself between now and then, or whether they're going to have to be supplanted by a third party. You know, we we're talking about social issues uh, like gay marriage. The Republican Party has invested a lot of time and energy uh, and focus on gay marriage instead of, supporting the traditional marriage. They're against gays being married, when at the same time, most Republicans will tell you they believe devoutly in the Constitution. If you're an American, uh, you you talked about the independence of most of us, the importance of self-reliance. Most Americans believe in a square deal, in being fair, and in everyone having equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that includes, uh, when you press very hard on this issue, That includes the right to do in the privacy of your home what you will uh, and the right of gays to be married. No one has ever been able to, you know, Rebecca, to me, to explain the physics of how a gay marriage down the block influences my heterosexual marriage. You know, and if a heterosexual marriage is threatened by a gay marriage, there's something going on here that no one seems in physics to be able to explain. Uh, I, I mean, people should just simply... Be honest about the thing. Uh, they may be uncomfortable. They may not like uh, gays, whatever it may be. But the but the physics of it are very straightforward. But what there happened is no to the, you know, even without the physics in the heterosexual marriage?
2: Right. Even without the physics, though, what what happened to it's just none of your business?
3: That's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, the I, I, privacy I, I, of I your mean, own home. It's your right, and and be done with it. Now move on. Instead, the Republicans don't want to talk about traditional marriage. They're not asking questions. And if they're if they're pro-choice, why aren't they asking questions about uh, 55 million uh, abortions in this country since Roe v. Wade? What would be the impact on our society had those people uh, who were terminated as fetuses lived?
2: But what but you, you'd you have, have to agree
3: to ask the question uh, okay. because it's so it's so incorrect.
2: But you've got to agree as an independent that if we it, had agree. a if we had a three and and four party system that would solve a lot of problems even if it's just a three-party system uh, because uh, it would force candidates to campaign in all the states because there's no concentration of majority anymore so you can't just say well that's a red state I can't win so I'm gonna go I'm just gonna bypass that it'd be too expensive for corporations to back every single candidate uh, there'd be far greater diversity and that It seems to me like it would solve a lot of our systemic problems. Am I wrong about that?
3: I don't know that you're wrong. I do know that parliamentary government isn't working particularly well anywhere else in the world. And that's what you're really describing. Uh, There is our issue here is the overwhelming, I uh, I think, uh, uh, absolutely destructive power of money in our electoral system. Uh, We also have another problem, and that is the integrity of our electoral system. We need to deal with both issues. Uh, But at this point right now, uh, the Republican Party is nothing more than, uh, in my opinion, a a sad shadow of uh, what it should be. And I think if it fails in these midterms, you're going to see perhaps the formation of a third party, as you said, and and maybe you'll get your fourth party as well.
2: Well, I just think we've got so many systemic issues that if if. Anything can neutralize the concentration of money in these uh, parties by distributing it across two, three, four parties.
3: You know, you know there's one word, Rebecca, people don't like to, to acknowledge uh, its relevance in our in our political system and our economic system. We're looking at economic concentration right now.
6: And
2: I want dilution. I'm for dilution in every way, including political power. I think it should be much more diluted, and we're robbing the states of their rights.
3: But until we are honest enough to say this is a corrupt system, and we've got to do something about it, because banks that are too large to fail, uh, industries that are basically oligopolies, the idea that we would permit Comcast uh, to buy up uh, time Uh, Time Warner Cable, and own a third of the entire marketplace. This is madness, and it's got to stop because we are destroying the world's most successful economy and economic system, free enterprise capitalism, and we're destroying the greatest constitutional republic as a result.
2: But speaking of along those lines, if you and I are agreeing that there's too much concentration, mm-hmm. perhaps for the population we have at this particular time in U.S. history, mm-hmm. there's too much concentration in two parties. Maybe we have to move to a third party. I don't necessarily know that the momentum of the Republicans, right. the destructive momentum, can be stopped. Sometimes you got to throw in the towel and start with a clean sheet of paper.
3: Yeah, I... I, I... You know, I think I could agree with you about the idea of creative destruction, but uh, I'm also uh, a little concerned about just simply uh, turning our backs on a two-party political system with 260 days to go to, a, to a, <laughs> a critically important election. Yeah. I think the Republicans are on notice. I can tell you, the leadership in Washington, reading my book, reacting, they are as angry with me as they could possibly be. Uh, and see,
2: I don't understand that. I do. I'm going to tell you, I do not understand that because as far as I was concerned, for an independent, you went way out of your way to give advice on how the GOP could could court the independent vote in the country, which is it's, which is the fastest growing group.
3: That's right. Forty two percent of us identify as as independents uh, more by far more than uh, Democrats or Republicans. And uh, we will we will no matter what, determine the outcome of this election.
2: And you gave them a recipe on how to win those independent votes.
3: There's nothing like a clear conscience when you have to take action, right? Because we're going to be taking action come uh, come uh, fall. We're going to be voting, and then we'll see what the future will hold.
2: Well, uh, I, I have to ask you one more question here sure. before we uh, hit the break, and that is... Um, Governor Christie has been uh, pretty severely damaged by this Bridgegate scandal. Um, uh, given that you've got an advice, you know, you're giving advice to stay away from social issues. Who do you like as a GOP candidate? Who do you feel could, uh, you know, get him out of this rut?
3: I believe that I, I, this is a perhaps you might consider a strange choice because he doesn't get much publicity. But I believe Bobby Jindal, uh Governor of Louisiana, has. So many great qualities. Now, is he an exciting campaigner? Uh, that, to me, may, is, is the biggest question mark by an exciting campaigner. I mean, can he draw enough public attention and, and support, enthusiastic support from voters? But I think he is the kind of man that uh, the Republicans desperately need to step up. He's smart as hell. He's an effective, a uh, very effective governor. Uh, and he's, uh, he's courageous. He's not a, and he's not a bad uh, speechifier. So uh, he would be my uh, my preference. You know, uh, people were talking about Chris Christie as if he were, were already had the nomination.
2: I know. Uh, this is
3: a man who, you know, he has got some just you know, very serious now obstacles to overcome, many of which uh, his backers on Wall Street um, are, are not so certain he can overcome.
2: Yeah, well, that's a shame because, uh, you know, it, it, I'll tell you, Uh, He was doing such a good job after the uh, hurricane disaster out there, and I I hated to see him uh, get maligned by uh, Bridgegate, but he's got a lot to overcome, as you say. We have to take our last break. We'll be right back with more of Lou Dobbs. You're listening to The Costa Report. One of my new customs is to put open bottles of red and white wine on my table so my guests can serve themselves, but not just any wine. In my home, I want to serve the best, and that's wine from Caraccioli Cellars. So this year, I asked winemaker Scott Caraccioli for a suggestion
1: on what I should serve. Come dinner time, it's always a good idea to have a bottle of nice Chardonnay as well as Pinot Noir on your table. That way you have a selection for every guest that walks through your door. But the best way to start the evening is definitely with a bottle of bubbles, preferably Brut Rose, to really get the celebration in, in the mode of the holidays.
2: Oh, you're absolutely right. It's There's something about the bubbles that gets everybody going.
1: Yeah, it's really a, an infusion of happiness.
2: <laughs> That's a great way to put it. So I'll start with the bubbles and then move on to the red and white on my table, and then I'll have everyone covered.
1: Unless people want to keep going with the bubbles, which I always advise. (laughs)
2: Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Scott. Are you looking for a keynote speaker for your next company meeting, symposium, training event, or exposition? For over 50 years, the American Program Bureau has been bringing the world's most respected leaders and thinkers together with audiences in every industry. From healthcare, technology, education, and finance, to manufacturing and entertainment, American Program Bureau speakers inspire and motivate. In fact, no one has more experience matching the right speaker to the right event. Whether it's Mikhail Gorbachev, Desmond Tutu, John Stewart, or Richard Branson, the American Program Bureau offers speakers on every topic. And how do I know so much about the American Program Bureau? Because I'm an APB speaker myself. To contact the American Program Bureau to book a speaker for your next event, go to apbspeakers.com. That's apbspeakers.com or phone 800-225-4575.
1: Is your computer running real slow like this? Or are you getting the blue screen of death? Do you have to do a restart several times a session? Tired of viruses, spyware, malware, and slow, worthless tech support? Face it, it's too late to download another free PC fix-it program, thinking it'll be restored to out-of-box purity. Oh, no, 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 no. You need the fast-friendly computer pros at User-Friendly Computing. Just drop it off at their office at 505 River Street across from the Gateway Plaza, or give them a call at 831-423-9653, and they'll come to you. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. PC or Mac, desktop or laptop, they can do it all at User-Friendly Computing. Call 831 831- four two three nine six five three.
4: For the last 60 years, Coast Paper and Supply has been serving locals and businesses for all their cleaning and paper supply needs. With an 1,800-square-foot showroom and nearly 5,000 products, you'll find everything you're looking for in the way of janitorial supplies, retail and industrial packaging, and disposable food service products for business or home, not to mention their huge selection of boxes and shipping supplies. Their family-owned and operated business is located at 151 Josephine on River Street in Santa Cruz. Call 831-423-3350 or visit Coast Paper Supply Inc. Dot com, a proud member of Think Local First. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing:
2: Shirley Jones, Diane Baker, Bobby Hall, Channing Chase,
7: Charlene Tilton, sheree J. Wilson, David Franco, Peggy King, Shelley
6: Morrison, Karen Kandation,
4: Joanne Worley, and many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Sunday mornings from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on AM 1080, KSCO Santa Cruz. Listen and be heard. Welcome back to the
2: Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Lou Dobbs. Now, I want to go a little deeper into an issue that uh, you covered in your latest book, upheaval, which is the dangerous consolidation of economic power. You make the point that We have fewer than half the banks that we did 20 years ago. And uh, 12 banks, I believe, now control almost 70% of the commercial bank assets in the country. So can you speak about what we need to do to rectify that issue? Because that's a big one.
3: Part of the the reason we're here is because of the decision to bail out the banks. And I don't disagree with the decision, given what was happening in 2008, to make certain that those banks uh, were solvent. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think that uh, the Bush administration made a big mistake in making certain that the Lehman Brothers uh, they failed to save them, and I think having saved them would have been a very important, uh, perhaps preventative uh, to all that followed the the Great Recession, Mm -hmm. also Bear Stearns' failure. But that said, the concentration of those banks, uh, too big to fail, they're too big to manage, they're too big to to regulate, Uh, the the great mistake was made in 1999 uh, by President Bill Clinton when he signed uh, the legislation that uh, nullified uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the legislation that separated investment in commercial banks, and for that to, for that to have occurred uh, at that point was the worst timing possible. Because uh, those were the go-go days, and uh, when you, you know, and we're talking about seven, perhaps eight years later, uh, the, the disaster ensued.
2: Well, that paved the way for consolidation. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, in the same way that in the communications industry, we had similar changes to the laws, and then that created consolidation in, sure. in the media
3: as that well. That also followed, and, and that, of course, pushed through by the president, uh, President Bill Clinton, 1996, the Telecommunications Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, created, as you say, greater ownership in market after market of radio and television stations and newspapers. Uh, you know, Gannett uh, is one of the, the principal names. It was a beneficiary of that.
2: I'm just old enough to remember in... You know, high school and college that we were told we have all these laws that prevent monopolies <laughs> and right. uh, laws that uh, protect people from charging usury rates for loans. Right. Um, what what happened to all those
7: laws?
3: The usury uh, the the usury <laughs> limits were pushed away because you know we needed credit cards and credit cards. They told the good uh, the good legislators uh, in Washington D.C. Well, they're going to have to charge very high rates because there will be a lot of defaults and delinquencies, and so it's a great risk. And so they simply uh, remove the usury rates. And today, uh, you know, we're looking at credit cards, where for some people, they they're, and usually it's the people who can least afford it, you're talking about an astronomical 20
2: it, predatory interest rates. It's, it's predatory. It's predatory. It, it, there was a bank in either North or South Dakota that was charging 70%.
3: Well, when you go through some of the stories on credit cards, and South Dakota is, of course, the credit card capital of America because they put together state legislation that was most favorable to the credit card companies and to the commercial banks. Uh, as to the banks, the banks themselves wrote uh, the banks and the credit card companies together, the 2005 bankruptcy law in this country. I mean, these are, these are stories that should have been reported by a, a, a national uh, liberal media. But those in the national liberal media are often working for the same interests that are served by the cronyism in Washington, D.C.
2: And, you know, the media has always been the fourth branch of government. It always has been. It has been the ultimate overseer. right? And it has failed the American people.
3: Yeah, the fourth estate. As I, as I say it, uh, you know, what we have right now, instead of a watchdog in the, in the national media, we have a bunch of pink poodle lap dogs, and and they love the life. I mean, it is it is laughable to me to watch uh, some of our our, our great uh, uh, journalists, quote unquote, uh, stand up as if. Oh, let's
2: not call speaking. them journalists. Let's call them pundits.
3: <laughs> well, you know, some of the pundits are the most ferocious and actually do something. But uh, that's true. Uh, the, the, it's these uh, these folks who, uh, on whether on television or in, uh, you know, in magazines. Uh, acting so fierce, but they're, the the truth they speak to power is awfully, awfully sugarcoated.
2: Yes, and it is. It's a shame. It 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 is. Uh, and and in particular, as you point out, this concentration where uh, these laws are being changed by the banks, and then at the very end of the day, it's the small business, middle class, and lower classes that wind up paying the high interest rates. Which, of course, if you have a large balance in that particular bank. The interest rate is lower, so, of course, the highest rates are being paid by the people who have no money in the bank. Uh, and, and, and not even to mention service fees and every other thing ATM fees and you know they're they're getting they're getting paid every which way from sunday uh, and it's uh it's a scary situation now I want to bring up one more quick thing sure. and then that is in your book you talk about the fact that you're not only concerned about the large campaign contributions that big businesses are making but you point out that unions in some way pose a greater threat to how campaigns are run
3: oh, unions are on a- on the left and the Democratic Party, and in addition, big, big pockets. That is, I'm talking about billionaires and, and significant uh, uh, significantly wealthy individuals who basically have no strictures on how much money they can uh, turn over to the Democrat or the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I think most people don't realize is the top 1%, you know, we, people talk about the 1% and the, and the 99%. But the real issue is the 0.1% of the 1%. (laughs) And they actually donated, get ready for this, 40% of the money spent in the 2012 presidential campaigns. Mm -hmm. That is astounding. It should be to every American that one-tenth of the top 1% of income earners in this country put up 40% of the money for the presidential election, over $2 billion dollars.
2: Now, we can do the math, and who do you suppose uh, elected officials are going to cater to? Exactly. I, I, I mean, they aren't going to cater to the critical mass, and they certainly can't afford, from a campaign standpoint, to represent the interests of the critical
3: mass. Well, remember that Barack Obama was a child of the Internet and that he was bringing in money from the web.
2: Not this campaign. That was You're talking about the first campaign.
3: Well, no, actually, I'm talking about neither of them. Because he he, he and the Republicans alike were getting most of their money from big money.
2: He had Uh, a big focus during that first election, but we saw almost none. Uh, none of the folk campaign focus on the internet yeah. this last yeah. election. Nobody,
3: and, nobody was even pretending, were they?
2: No, no, they stopped pretending. That's that's yeah. more to the point, as you as you say. Um, before we run out of time today, is there a yeah. website where our listeners can go to learn more about your views and also to get the book?
3: Well, sure. Uh, you well, you can buy the book at any bookstore in the country, uh, Amazon.com, uh, Walmart. Uh, and you can go to com to find out what, what's going on on the broadcast uh, uh, 4 and uh, uh, 7 each, uh, excuse me, 8 o'clock uh, on the West Coast, uh, Monday through Friday.
2: I never Friday miss an Thursday. episode. Uh, and uh, I am so grateful to you for taking time to speak to our audience today. Thank you, Mr. Dobbs.
3: Rebecca, thank you. And you got to come on my show.
2: I'd we'll be happy to. continue. We will continue. <laughs> I don't know if TV's ready for us, Mr. Dobbs, but uh, they better get ready for us. <laughs>
3: well, I, I, I never worried about who was ready. Okay. <laughs> Thanks you, a lot.
2: Thank you. If your station is leaving us after this hour and you have a question or a comment to make about today's program, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or send me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and let me know what you thought about our conversation with Lou Dobbs today. And if you missed the full interview with Dobbs, or any of our other guests, remember that you can download previous episodes of the Costa Report from our website, Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our new YouTube channel. And while you're at our website, please take a moment to order your copy of The Watchman's Rattle, a book which shows the relationship between complexity, gridlock, and an irrational public policy, and, and not just in modern times. This is the only book to chronicle how these same symptoms occurred prior to the collapse of the great Mayan, Roman, and Khmer empires. And once you know what the telltale signs are, then you can act to protect yourself. So go to RebeccaCosta.com and get your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Next week, we welcome former U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Dan Glickman to the program. He'll be here to talk about the effects climate change is having on the world's growing demand for safe, affordable food. Don't miss an eye-opening look at the economics of food with Dan Glickman next week right here on the Only News program, which puts policy ahead of politics. Again, the email address, if you'd like to drop a comment about today's interview, is rebeccacosta.com, myname.com. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio, where we hear what you have on your mind. You're listening to the Costa Report.